Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Hello once again and welcome to Lockdown Hot Takes. I'm your Lodge Master. With me as always is Brother Bishki. Skull. Brother Lucas. Uh, hmm. We'll talk about. <laughs> we'll talk about that. But back with us tonight, a double dollop of awesomely delicious guests. We have Sister Jessie and Brother Matt. Hey, yo. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> Welcome back to the cast. This is quite the movie to come back with, guys. The title of this movie, and this is this is Full an actual title. This is an actual title of an actual movie that is available to watch on Netflix right now. The title is Eurovision Song Contest: The Story of Fire Saga. That's a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it took me forever to realize that they were trying to be cute with the title. Like, I gave up trying to <laughs> memorize the title a long time ago. It, it's it's tough because it's a story of a saga, but you don't know that Fire Saga is the name of a band necessarily just from looking at the title. So it, it's a lot to wrap your head around. Yeah. And we'll attempt to wrap our heads around it. But first, yes, we are missing LT sweet sweet brother lucas he claims that he thought that this was going to be a classic cast in which we all watch the movie together and experience the movie at the same time and come back and talk about it but my conspiracy theory antenna goes up and i think he knew I'm pretty yeah. sure he knew, and he used this sort of fog of misdirection and claiming that he didn't know to get out of it. He confessed that he did not, or he couldn't get through the trailer yes. on text message. So. He he let that slip. We're on to you. As far as we're concerned, we're <laughs> on to him. We already revoked his loquitia law for the year, but we've <laughs> extra revoked it. So from here on out, he gets no more passes. So that said... Let's get into it. This is a Will Ferrell vehicle. Yeah, let's talk about Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very much we, so. We haven't really discussed Mr. Ferrell on the cast yet because, I mean, I've been looking at his last decade of movies and I've only seen like two. Yeah, Anchorman 2 was the last the last one. I'll give you my my thoughts on Will. I'm a, I, was, I was a Will Ferrell fan in yes. the early 2000s, old school, Talladega Nights, Blades of Glory, all uh, very much enjoyed. Um, and, and he was kind of hit and miss semi pro the campaign. <laughs> if anyone remembers that one, yeah. Yep. um, not, not great, but it's all pretty subjective. Like I get in fights with, uh, brother Seth over Talladega nights. Like he didn't like it. And, and so it's, it's tough to say, but he's had a tough, a rough patch. Let's say he had Holmes and Watson, which is sitting at about 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. Which I'm kind uh, of surprised we didn't cover that because it is widely considered to be one of the worst films of all time. I don't know how we yeah, missed that yeah, one. We, yeah. We'll return to that someday. <laughs> yes. One fine day. We'll sit down and check that out and make Lucas watch it. But uh <laughs> Sister Jesse and brother Matt, what what's your what's your history with with Will Ferrell? Uh, in terms of Will Ferrell, you know, I, I'm a huge Saturday Night Live fan. I would guess his two biggest things are uh, the cowbell sketch and Anchorman. I remember my older brother Tom took me to see Anchorman on my 21st birthday, and we were both super yes. stoked. 
And we left the theater thinking, what the fuck was that? And then it had Oh, this, wow. Yeah, I, first viewing, I thought it was so stupid, and I was really disappointed. Um, but the second time I saw it, I loved it and got why everybody else liked it. And now it's sort of a dead horse. It's been beaten. And it, it's, you know, the gags from it, I'm kind of over and that sort of thing. And obviously sure. the cowbell thing has been uh, beaten to death. But uh, for the most part, I always root for him. But yes. yeah, since I would say... Burt Wonderstone on, with the exception of a few titles, he he's really um, he's kind of been consistently disappointing, which sucks because again, I, I love the guy; I think he's great. It's always good to root for an actor because then you go in just with with that love and light in your heart as much as you can, but with diminishing returns, it's tough. Here's my take on Will. I have always been a fan, and I think I always will be. I think his projects lately are not his fault that they're bad. It's maybe bad writing or bad producing, but he himself is very funny to me. Um, I also appreciate his um, serious work. He did that movie where he was the the story character and- um, Stranger Than Fiction, yeah. Stranger Than mm -hmm. Fiction, he was good in that. And he's a surprisingly good romantic lead. <laughs> I have always had a strange crush on Will Ferrell. I think it's the humor mixed with his tall frame and his uh, piercing eyes. Um, but I, I also root for him hardcore and I really enjoyed him in this. On the Anchorman front, Brother Justin and I went to that opening day just to it was one of those just we need the theater for the air conditioning days. And we we had no expectations whatsoever. And we were crying through almost the entire movie like we couldn't we couldn't handle it. It was so funny to us. And we brought back every we, we just we just pied pipered all of our friends back to the theater the next day to watch it, which is so rare. Yeah. And. Half of them got it, and half of them were just like, you guys are fucking idiots. On the subjective front, like, I saw Anchorman, because I, I was coming off old school, which I think is, for me, peak feral, in my opinion. Sure. It's great. And Anchorman, the first time, didn't get me, and I never returned to it. But maybe, I think it would probably grow on me. So it's... It's a weird it's comedy subjective. divining rod. Like, very yeah. strange that that movie inspired so much heated debate over what, what is funny. And we'll see if that debate carries over to Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of will. Fire Saga. <laughs> <laughs> so, just briefly, this, this movie features the Eurovision Song Contest, which is... Sort of like American Idol, but it's a giant international song contest where the focus is not only on the singer or the band, but the song that they present to hopefully take to the top and take all the awards. And the United States is notably not allowed to participate in this song contest, which they make very clear in this film. And apparently Will Ferrell, who is married to a Swedish woman, got obsessed with Eurovision sometime in the late 90s and it was just kind of rolling around in his head that he wanted he wanted to be part of this whole milieu so here we are in 2020 he finally realizes his vision yeah and he co-wrote he co-wrote he co-wrote co it as well and the basic plot is he and 
Rachel McAdams play a couple of Icelandic song maestros. And there's kind of a running joke about, are they brother and sister? Or are they related? Or are they not? Unclear through most of the movie. And they want to be in Eurovision so bad. And they finally get their wish through a series of comedic happenstance so (laughs) that's that's kind of that's kind of the setup what did you guys matt and jesse think when you were going in it matt i i heard through the grapevine that you took a couple runs at this oh yeah yeah that's very true (laughs) um it's hard for me to stay awake during like you know pedigree hbo television series so when this thing started (laughs) um i was already cashed i was checked out um, sure. But no, this morning woke up, uh, started it with a fresh, clear head, and yeah. watched all two hours and four minutes of it. For fuck's sake, two hours and four <laughs> minutes is Very the runtime. I think yeah. I think Lucas uh, caught a glimpse of that as well. Yes, but anyway, definitely, you made it through. I made it through, and uh, I, I enjoyed it. Ultimately, I was charmed by it over time. It took me about 20, 25 minutes, but I was I was engaged, <laughs> and uh, yeah. And Jesse, you've seen this twice now. I have, and I'm glad I have because the first viewing, I kind of just you know, soaked on the surface. And now I really got to see some of the smaller jokes. But right from the start, you're kind of like, okay, so this is Zoolander. This is Will Ferrell's Zoolander. (laughs) He's got a blue collar dad who thinks he's being a sissy, um, Mm -hmm. but he's gonna prove him all wrong. Pierce Brosnan. Pierce, very handsome, silver fox (laughs) (laughs) Pierce Brosnan going on. Yeah. But I feel the same way, even though it's not a perfect movie, there's a few and far between of the jokes. But the whole vibe is charming, good vibes, uh, Icelandic pop. The energy is great. There's a lot of good character actors in this that I appreciated, including like the the leader of the Icelandic council. Um, There's a lot of Eurovision stars in it. I completely lost on me, but once yes. I looked at the wiki on it. I didn't know that Eurovision was a real competition until after the movie, and I now I'm dying to see some real performances from this. It was kind of like watching like the YouTube year in review at the end of the year. I'm like, <laughs> who the hell are these people? Totally. No, but yeah. Well, this leads directly into me having to summon the salad dragon. Boom. Fantastic. There's actually two dragons in this movie. The first one is every top singer in Iceland is partying on this yacht, and Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams are sitting on the dock just kind of musing about why they're not on that yacht. And then just out of nowhere, the yacht explodes. And this has been a very sweet movie up until now. And now we have disembodied limbs falling onto the dock. (laughs) Demi Lovato's limb, in fact. Demi Lovato's disembodied arm falls onto the dock right in front of them. And it is a grisly (laughs) scene. That's a bit of the, the Will Ferrell edge that has been almost completely removed from this tale kind of peeking itself back in. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the the initial dragon, the baby dragon. But the main dragon is... Double dragon! Once they get into the song contest and they meet Dan Stevens, who is having a great time as this Russian, established Russian singer with shades of George Michael to his appearance and demeanor, they go to a party at his... It's like a castle that he owns. And... Suddenly, they're like, 
we're going to start a song along, a song along. Have you ever done a song along? And then <laughs> everybody who's at this party is like a former winner or contestant from Eurovision. And they all do this mashup of Cher, Madonna and ABBA that shouldn't work. But by God, it is an amazing sequence. You don't even need to watch one second of this movie other than this sequence, and you'll totally get the passion behind whatever this project is. And it's, it's incredible. As Vishki was noting earlier, a lot of the actual Eurovision contestants are in that scene. I was assuming that. I had to look it up. but Because everybody like gets their own little moment, and they're looking at the camera like they're hot shit, and you're like, who are you? Pretty much everybody but Americans <laughs> probably know who they are and, and are extra wowed by that sequence. But even if you don't know who any of these people are, it's a fun moment. Cheesy as fuck. Super duper cheesy. I totally agree with you. Like I put in my notes here, song along feels like a Pepsi commercial. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yes. I hate yes. that it's giving me goosebumps because yes. by the end of <laughs> yes. it, I was just really digging it. But yeah, it seemed like a sequence in The Love Guru in a strange way, that it just came out of left yes. field. It was sort of beautifully choreographed, kind of odd, almost cringy, but you're enjoying it at the same time. That's what makes a pure salad dragon as well. Yeah. 90% um, of the diversity in this film is in that scene as well. Um, <laughs> right. Which is interesting. It's very white. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and not only that, there was like, you know, a gentleman who from behind looks like a beautiful woman and then you spin around and you see he's got a beard. He's a beautiful man. And it was like actually a really fun, energized scene. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, Matt, that's a great point invoking the love guru because in a lot of ways, Mike Myers' career has dovetailed with Will Ferrell's in so many ways. Like, Will Ferrell's output is more, so his disappointments, arguable yeah. disappointments, are more diluted. Like, Mike Myers will, will go all in on the love guru and then disappear for 20 years. But they both have obsessions that they follow all the way. Like yeah. Mike, Mike Myers is obsessed with James Bond or kitschy British pop ephemera from the 60s. Yeah. He's or obsessed. Deepak Chopra. Yeah. Deepak Chopra. Or his Scottish heritage, his Scottish family. Mm -hmm. He goes all the way in. And Will Ferrell obviously does the same thing. He's like, I love Eurovision. So here's a big movie about Eurovision. And that kind of leads me into... What I also think the issue is with Will Ferrell's output lately, because he is a co-writer with Andrew Steele, who has worked with him on past projects like Casa de Mi Padre, which was Ferrell's <laughs> Spanish language movie, yeah. The Spoils of Babylon, which was his riff on the overheated romantic miniseries. Never even heard of that one. Never right, heard exactly. of it. Exactly. Yeah. But most infamously, A Deadly Adoption, which was his attempt at faithfully recreating a Lifetime movie. Which they did. Okay. Which they did. But here's the issue. They recreated it so faithfully that it was boring. So you run the risk with these kind of projects of just being pastiche. Like, you're like, well, I love Lifetime movies. And speaking from myself, I don't know anybody who loves Lifetime movies more than I do. So I was ready for this. But he didn't bring anything new to it. He's just faithfully recreating it. He's yeah. he's he's getting all the toys together and then just looking at them. And that's kind of how I felt with this. He's like, I love Eurovision. I want to be in this world. But 
you're not bringing the comedy rubber to meet the road necessarily. You're tweaking it a little bit to make it a little extra goofy, but you're just slapping a standard Will Ferrell sports comedy plot onto this. So we don't truly feel for these characters like we would if they really put a little elbow grease into this thing. I agree. And I have... That's my take. I have uh, something to add to that is that while I really do like Rachel McAdams, I was hoping (laughs) for a Kristen Wiig or someone who is naturally more funny to help bring the comedy out of this because I completely agree. It was kind of flat. And if they had a really good comedian along with Will who was you know, his age as well. Um, that would have yes. just made it all make more sense. It would have brought out little comedy moments that Rachel McAdams just kind of plays as a, a love interest, uh, which she's really good at. I mean, she's she's game. Like, she's there to play, but she's just not quite dialed into what this would need to make it rise above whatever this script is. I would, I don't, yeah, I have agreed. no clue what this script yeah. even looks like. I kind of related to Borat. Because they're doing accents, you know, in Iceland, but they're not the set. It's not satire on Iceland. It's just kind of accents that get kind of tiring. Everyone, it seems, is doing a European accent. The wigs and the makeup and the accents are doing like 60 to 70 percent of the lifting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like I think Will Ferrell can do maybe a Borat type character, you know, if if. The writing's there, but Rachel McAdams doesn't have, like, I loved her in Game Night, which is one of my favorite comedies of the past. Yes. Whatever. I mean, she's very talented, but in terms of her comedic talents, I don't think she has enough talent to pull out, like, a Borat-type character. I I, I I turned to Jesse at one point watching this, and, well, she mentioned Kristen Wiig, and I said, yeah, this, this seems like a dusty old script from 2002 <laughs> that he pulled yes. out of a drawer. I know it's like a cliche yep. joke to make, but it's actually it's a pretty common thing, you know, when Will Ferrell's going to Netflix and they go, no, 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 okay, what else you got? And he's like, well, there's this band yep. called Fire Saga in Iceland. <laughs> and it was originally yes. going to be me and Kristen yes. Wiig, and I was going to be in my late 30s when we shoot it, but... Here we are. Yes. And Kristen Wiig has moved on since then. Yeah, exactly. And and I also think, you know, Netflix, huge former SNL cast member turned movie star, uh, exotic locales. He's in his middle age. He wants to take his kids and his family and live somewhere for a few months. And I thought, yes. wow, this is very yes. much the, the Adam Sandler model of making a comedy abroad. Correct. And Correct. I guess yeah. there's really yes. nothing wrong with that, but... It just seemed obvious to me. When you're not filling these locales with a compelling enough story or funny enough comedy, it starts to look like 1517 to Paris, where it's just a bunch of people tooling around Europe. And what are they doing? And what are we doing? Yeah. And if not a Kristen Wiig, can't we summon a Molly Shannon? Yeah. They are a classic pair same age group hilarious both of them and she has that performance she could really sell a performance like this so and and she would elevate she would elevate it to comedy because just in her facial maneuvers she would read it and be like oh shit this isn't very funny i need to really shannon this thing up yeah and she would deliver and and you've mentioned the age the age difference quite a bit and it is a problem because at best will ferrell seems like her kind of fun uncle yeah and at worst he's just her dad 
Right. And there <laughs> and there's there's this added incest <laughs> subplot that's supposed to be funny, but they mention it like every scene. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're rooting for you, but we don't know how you want us to even begin to feel about this stuff. So it's a dicey proposition to get too invested in any of these characters. You know, this film really does... I'm sure it makes the Iceland Tourism Board like tickled pink because it really highlights the natural <laughs> beauty of that land. It makes yes. me want to go there, sail on a boat, wear some stripes. The Iceland location will factor into my bone count. I'll let that. I'll yes, let that I mean it. It is beautiful, and it yeah. and the production value. It makes the movie feel so expensive yeah i mean what do we think of the music i mean i'm not a big modern pop fan to begin with or an american idol fan necessarily so i was like eh, but it might grow on me but what did you guys think i loved the music simply because no matter what it's a toe tapping sort of beat that comes with mm -hmm. with this kind of music for myself i have dreamed of joining an abba like pop swedish group that is fun electricity love but i do think that there could have been more of those vibes in this there was a lot yeah. more to this of like a performance that you'd see at the oscars for like an original song in a movie more so yes. than that toe tapping pop yeah. that i was looking for that being said you know their track double trouble did hit all the right notes for me but yeah i was hoping for more abba stuff Part of the problem, too, is that because of the nature of this song contest, we are hearing the same songs over and over again because it's it's about the songs that these people are submitting. So we hear Double Trouble over and over again, which is great to make it an earworm. But right. as a cinematic experience, we're just hearing the same thing over and over when we could be filling that precious time in the bloated runtime with other songs, you know, like figure out a way to incorporate more songs into this thing. Yeah. There's got to be funnier music in the Eurovision Pop. Yes. Um, there's got to be some funny, like, Tiesto, just ridiculous techno tracks. Yeah, that, and they that... just leave it, they leave it all on the table. Like, it's yeah. such a, it's such a target-rich environment for comedy, but mm -hmm. the, the way that it's shot, the way that it's presented is almost perversely unfunny. Like, it's, it's, it, like it's, yeah. it's pleasant, and it's fun, but it's kind of like you're watching an extra long episode of American Idol or something, and it's also just as funny as that would be, which is a problem, because Ryan Seacrest ain't funny. No. Yeah. Uh, I had two moments where I really, it got a laugh out of me, of the other contestants. There was one called 21st Century Viking, who looks like yep. somebody out of Game of Thrones, but he starts singing oh, yeah, and yeah. he sounds like Justin Bieber, high-pitched, super pop. <laughs> yeah, that, that got a laugh out of me, very short. The other one is uh, Dan Stevens, who does yeah. an operatic Russian gay character who is a standout in this film. He brings so much He's energy, great. so much humor, and I really enjoyed his performances, though, like you said, it's the same song over and over again, so... That was a bit tedious to watch these long segments again and again. It's so easy to bag on a runtime, but if this film was an hour and a half, <laughs> that would not be an issue. You know, I exactly. think every time I thought they had made it to the big competition, it ended yes. and they were like, we made it to the next big competition. Yes. And I'm like, Jesus fucking yeah. Christ. It's like a Nintendo game where every level's the same. 
and you're just repeating yourself, and the same song's playing in the background. It is. It, it did get exhausting, the more I think about Lucas, it. Lucas, you know, God rest his soul, wherever he may roam tonight, <laughs> he has infected me because I never used to look at my watch or my phone during a movie. I never used to do that. I'm always like, I, I need to be in the zone and let, let it end when it ends and be surprised by it. I did check my watch when I felt in my heart and soul that this movie really needed to be done. Mm -hmm. And there were 40 minutes left. Yeah. Yeah. I was checking runtime way too much in the last hour. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I was certain, certain that we were well within five minutes of the end credits, I checked my watch again. There were 20 minutes left. <laughs> It's crazy. That's that's unacceptable. <laughs> that it is really not, is. That's not good. <laughs> and it says something about sort of like the economy of jokes. Like early early on yes. in the film, they're outside of a, a bar, a gig that they're playing, and him and McAdams are talking, and I don't even remember what the gag was, but they just they hung on to it for so long that they squeezed everything out of it that the, the rag was dry, there was no laughs at all. And I'm sitting here going, you could have cut 45 seconds to a minute out of this moment alone and shaved yeah. shaved off and it would have been better, you know? It's true, um, it's true. And that's just, you know, that's common for anything where they have a lot of ad-libbed takes where they're trying to find new jokes. It's like, yeah, that's great because sometimes you find some gems. But not like this. But most of the time it's just this bloated beat, yeah. And then when it does actually end, I found it to be like super abrupt like you're just kind of like oh wait what which is usually the case with movies where you have no clue what act you're in or where you are in the story it's just kind of over and I, I I didn't feel like I'd even watched a movie really I felt like I'd watched some sort of special yeah that was not meant for me <laughs> I don't know. It was a weird feeling. It's a very strange film. I felt like I was binge watching a limited series. It was truly a, a fire saga. Like it just <laughs> went on and yes. on and on. It was real long and not long in the tooth. Ultimately, it was just really long. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave the teeth out of yeah. this. It's just long. All right. Well, I'm very curious what Bishki felt too during this, but let's just go straight to them fire saga bones. Oh. Brother Bishke, lay it all out on the line for us. Mm. All right, so Will Ferrell comedies are subjective. They're subjective. Like, comedy is subjective, and Will Ferrell comedies are definitely subjective. This one, in terms of output of laughs from me, was not <laughs> landing much. I'm, you know, I, I, you know, it's a slick Netflix production that put a lot of money to it. It's got the built-in audience with Eurovision. I'm sure it got tons of views, and the audience, for the most part, is probably loving it. The parts I did like was when the American tourists showed up. We didn't really yeah. chat about that, but oh yeah, yeah. But, but they make fun, and, and there's some genuine anger from Will Ferrell <laughs> at the American tourists. The movie ends on just vicious anger toward these American tourists, and that's tourists. one of the points where I laughed the most. Like I was like, yes, like just rip into these American tourists, but there's no object of satire. It's just kind of a mild, dumb and dumber couple that's going through you know, this Eurovision contest and, and there's no, there's no villains. There's no stakes. A lot of the characters are kind of dumb and dumber. Like there's not, 
like a kind of reality like these guys are really stupid everyone's just kind of <laughs> dumb euro trash anyway um i don't know i i'm a little bit done with will ferrell um uh -oh. Uh -oh. and mcadams is not up for what she's called to do in this movie you know i think will had the magic back in the early 2000s mid 2000s but there's something not there that where he's not pushing the envelope anymore. And, and it happens to a lot of comedians. I like the Iceland locations. I want to go to Iceland. I want to go to a perfect society um, to escape <laughs> what we're living Your in. Your beard looks like it's ready to go to Absolutely. Iceland at any moment. My uh, lockdown beard is ready to go it's to the, the Nordic It's the saga of lands. the fire beard. Thank you, thank you. Oh, my I am, God. Uh, I am fully on board for a fire saga to the Nordic lands, if anyone wants to join me <laughs> as an expatriate. But anyway, uh, I'm going to give it one and a half bones. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little uh, tough on it. A lot of people probably enjoyed it a lot more than I did. But Will is not what he used to be in my book. Um, and, All right. Uh, and he wrote it. So come on, Will. Get some anger or so something to really drive. Something to light a fire under your saga. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To really drive the comedy. Like, I, I like, I still like Sasha Baron Cohen because he really has, you know, whether he's making he's fun of Americans or he's making fun of Kazakhstan, he's he's got some edge to him. And I didn't really yeah. feel that with this one. Anyway, that's my bone count. Well, speaking of edge, let's dial up the virtual hothead. <laughs> The VLT, if you will, uh -oh. and see what he has to say. Boop, boop, beep, boop, boop, boop. Hello, Matt's Movie Lodge cast. The resident hothead calling in from quarantine. Sorry I missed this latest uh, episode. I uh, got mixed up, didn't know it was a hot take. I thought it was going to be a regular cast. So I just finished uh, streaming it on a nice uh, Saturday morning in bed. The AC on under prime conditions, blinds closed actively watching it, pausing it once to get up to use the restroom. Yeah, I, I feel that this uh, should have been about American Idol like 18 years ago, 19 years ago, however many years ago. I feel like Will Ferrell maybe got this idea and uh, for whatever reason aged out of it and then thought, okay, maybe I can rewrite it into a um, Icelandic American Idol Eurovision, you know, square peg in a round hole. Because the whole endeavor reeks of like an SNL sketch that goes on for too long. Like when Mike Myers had his Dieter, his German Euro trash kind of club techno character. But I think he tried developing into a future universal and never could quite crack it, thank God for us all, that he didn't. But yeah, this is very belabored and tedious and flat while it looks very pretty visually in terms of the locations and colors and cinematographer and yeah the whales popping out of the water and all the costumes and pyrotechnics and all that stuff it's it's a pretty big snooze it's a bore i i was struggling to stay awake even though i just woke up after like an eight hour sleep that's the beef i'm gonna give it uh, one bone one sad bone one bone for all no follow-up questions let's move on brother matt let us have it yeah it, it, a, a movie is ultimately 
completed or created in the editing room. And and I'm sorry mm. to just keep bagging on mm. this man, but it's all about a runtime. It's yeah. all about economy. And they kind of failed in that regard. I think the first 20 minutes, you see all this amazing shit going on. And you see, you know, <laughs> Will Ferrell dressed up as like a techno Viking singing. And you're like, this is going to be so yeah, wackadoo crazy. I'm going to love they f- it. They front load but, it. Yeah, yeah. And ultimately, they overpromised and underdelivered. That being said... It is a pretty movie. I do like the score and the music and the costumes and uh, the locale. For me, it's two bones. I give one bone. Mm. I give one bone for Dan Stevens's performance because he was just so yep. crazy and and really he went for it, and I appreciated it. And uh, the other bone ultimately is for everything else I mentioned and the the sparse laughs here and there that I did enjoy. It's like a lazy Sunday morning movie you watch in your pajamas. Absolutely. Yeah, and and to touch back on like you know Bishki talking about Farrell, like I totally hear you, but I'll I'll, I'll give him one more movie. I'll see what he does next, and uh, I'll press play. One more movie, uh-huh. Will Farrell. You heard it here. Yeah. One more. That's everything's everything's riding on it. That's <laughs> a threat. That's a comedic threat. Yeah. Sister Jesse, Love and Light. I am giving this movie the benefit of Love and Light yes. with two and a half bones. Whoa, yeah. Because I think there is lots of room for improvement, <laughs> which could have been solved with uh, casting or, you know, maybe some deeper writing. But... Europeans are kind of the last frontier of what people can make fun of these days. So you, good point. It's, it's true. So you kind of have to give them that, like they, okay, Iceland, yeah, you're funny, you wear stripes, and you're so sweet, and you, uh, whatever. But I really enjoyed. There was a running theme with these elves that. Yes. Rachel McAdams believes in, but Will Ferrell does not believe in, and I had the in the back of my mind. Is this a nod to Will Ferrell as Buddy? Like, he's so, in this Mm. film, anti-elf. He doesn't believe in elves, but Mm -hmm. he did previously star in this film as an elf. (laughs) So I kind of made that connection there. I do think the music could have been way more fun. It could have been way more techno and European. Yeah. But in a time where there's a lot of depressing shit going on in the world, I did enjoy this break of just fun and frivolity. And even though it could have been better, I appreciated what they were trying to do here. And it sparked an interest in me to go and watch a bunch of Eurovision videos. So I will give them that two and a half bones. Love and light. Love it. Definitely a quarantine bump in there. I love it. Yeah. How crazy would it have been if Mike Myers as Dieter showed up? Just oh for a God. quick, Ooh, even on like a monitor, been... you know, like just, just, just bring the two worlds together a little bit. Dieter, Dieter would have increased a, at least a bone. Like, at least a bone. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I've been Sprockets, waiting for that. Come on. Yeah. I've been waiting for the yeah. Sprockets movie yeah. my entire life, my entire adult Well, life. maybe 2030, he'll finally drop Sprockets. But, amazing. um, <laughs> We got a good we got a good bone spread here. I like this. I like this. <laughs> I'm going to have to bring it down a little bit. Just talking about it with you guys. We we've been noticing this phenomenon lately where just talking about the movie sometimes bumps up the bones a little bit, which can be a dangerous game to play because, you know, the bones in the harsh light of day are a cold record of what you thought of a movie and the record doesn't care about any sort of conversation you had around it. But we forge our own path, and I'm going to bump this up slightly from where I was. But as it is, 
I think it's a perfect laundry movie. You're folding your laundry, you're tapping your toes, you're bopping along. Like I said, with the wrong Missy, do some light banking, put together a grocery list. It's the perfect movie for that. And I feel like that's what's going on around the globe with this movie. Like people are just putting it on while they're making dinner. They're yelling at their kids and like, you know, getting the table set. There's all sorts of other shit. They're not following it to the T. They're not their eyes and ears aren't on it at the same time necessarily. But that's fine. You know, there's a place for movies like that in the world. And on that level, I got to give it a bone. I'm going to give it a bone. <laughs> I'm going to give half bone to Dan Stevens because I love him. And he knows what movies in. he's having a great time. And I'm giving the other half to that Salad Dragon Eurovision song along sequence, which I, I showed the lodge mistress just to give her a taste of what we were dealing with here. And then I watched it again on my own. So I've seen that sequence three times. I don't know what's going on there, but something about it keeps bringing me back. And wow. I think that that kind of encapsulates the spirit of what I hoped would have been throughout the movie. Like just, just go full Mamma Mia if you're gonna if you're gonna even look in that direction. But anyway, one bone from me. I think three and above is too much to ask for these uh, quarantine classics. But <laughs> hey. <laughs> We're, we're out here looking for him, so who knows? Yeah, I mean, speaking of love and light, I heard uh, that there was a duet by a couple of our guests uh, <laughs> made on Smule. Oh. Yes. Uh, the app Smule, which I recommend, and they encountered some of the music from Eurovision Sound. What is this movie called? I can't remember. Oh, Eurovision uh, Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga. Get it right. Fire Saga. The price. One of Fire Saga's songs they sang. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna lead into that pretty quickly here. You guys recorded a very soulful rendition. Thank you so much for being on again, guys, in this lockdown hot take. Thank you, Jesse, for going through the Fire Saga twice for this. Two times. We really admire your dedication and brother Matt. Thanks for sticking it through and staying awake for the one time that you that you made it. <laughs> hey, really appreciate my, that. My pleasure. Love and light Love to and you light. both. Oh, I have to say, just because I learned this back in college from an exchange student, I know one Icelandic word. What do you got? Tidlinka. Tidlinka means penis. Tonight. Double trouble tonight. 